This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. Welcome to Raw Beauty Talks. I'm your host, Erin Trelore. Ready to peer behind the highlight reel and all those polished pictures of the world's biggest influencers and wellness experts, we're going to uncover what beauty, health, and wellness truly means in today's world. As someone who really struggled with disordered eating and negative body image, I became a health coach because I'm passionate about redefining health and wellness so that it's less about the weight on the scale and more about how we feel. Let's pull back the curtain for some raw beauty talks. How's everybody doing out there? Somehow we've landed three quarters of the way through September. I feel like I am just getting a grip on the fact that it's not summer anymore. Like what is happening? (laughs) September always seems to just sneak onto the scene and it's like, Ah, it's going to be pumpkin spice lattes and big fall sweaters. And then you're like, damn, I slacked at work for the summer. I have so much to do. Kids are back in school, kind of. You know, Brooklyn's doing gradual entry, so it's like she's there one day and then she's not. And activities are starting up and we're just trying to get into this new rhythm and flow. And wow. (laughs) So I just wanted to check in and see how everybody else is feeling and uh, maybe give you an opportunity to take a breath for a moment, do a little checkup from the neck up, ask yourself, you know, how are you really doing? And what do you need in this moment, this week, to kind of help you get through it? So last night after Scott and I got everyone into bed, I immediately changed into this oversized sweatsuit, as we do, like the big joggers that are back in now and this big oversized zip-up thing that I got from Aritzia. It's honestly, it's not that cute, but it is very much comfortable. And I plunked down on the couch. I got a popsicle out of the freezer. I grabbed a couple Oreos. I pulled open my laptop. I was going to do a little bit more work. And a few minutes later, I got up. I was scrolling through my phone, doing a little doom scroll, as we do. And I grabbed a bag of chips from the cupboard and mindlessly started eating those. So at this point, I've had the popsicle. I've had the Oreos. I'm now into the chips. I have not started working at all. (laughs) About an hour has passed and I wake up. I wake up to what I'm doing. I just start laughing at myself as I realize what is going on. And I took a deep breath. I asked myself a series of questions. And all of this has ultimately inspired this episode today. So I want to know, have you ever been in this situation? Maybe it even happens in the middle of the day where you get up from work and you find yourself in the kitchen and you're eating all the things. You're not really awake to it. You're just going through the emotions Or maybe you're in that pattern of every night at the end of the day going and getting, you know, your favorite little things from the kitchen. We call this emotional eating. So I want to start this episode off with a disclaimer that emotional eating is totally normal. It's something that we all do. So if you're an emotional eater, and I'm sure everybody listening to this episode right now has had those moments before, then it's okay. You're a human being. We're not robots who only eat when we're hungry and always stop when we're perfectly full. We have all emotionally 
had those moments where we are eating our feelings. And in today's episode, I just want to talk about some strategies so that emotional eating isn't a habit or a pattern that we're stepping into that feels like we can't stop it, that feels like this train that's running on the tracks and we just can't slow it down. I know I've absolutely been in that place with emotional eating where it even started to turn into binge eating and I felt completely out of control around it. It felt like I was sabotaging all my health and wellness goals and it truly didn't feel like I could stop. So if you're in that place, Right now, this episode's for you, and maybe you're just wanting to tweak your, I don't want to say diet, but tweak your eating habits a little bit so that there's more awareness and an intention around it. This episode is also for you. Before we dive in, I just want to let you all know, in case you haven't heard already, my signature course, The Raw Beauty Reset, is getting started on September 28th. We are going to have an absolute blast. This is an eight-week series designed to transform your relationship with food and your body. I've got special guests, Caitlin Bristow and Kelsey Ellis, who is a body positive mm. personal trainer and just such an inspiration. She's been on the podcast before. Joining mm. me for this eight-week series, we are going to talk all about nourishment, movement, mindset, and self-love. So if you feel like you need a little bit of a reset, I want you to join us for this. This will be the last one that we do this year. I'll make sure I link to all the details down in the notes below. All right, let's dive into emotional eating. I personally notice myself doing this the most in the evenings, especially when I'm tired and I still need to get work done, which as an entrepreneur is a common thing. I'm trying to be present for my kids after school. And so oftentimes late at night or not late at night, but even at like 8 p.m., I'm needing to log on for another hour or so. And it is usually at this time that I notice that chips are calling my name. It's always like carbs and really sweet things that I'm craving at that time of day. So maybe pause the episode for a second or just take a moment to reflect on when you perhaps notice yourself emotional eating the most? Is it after an argument with somebody that you care about? Is it when you're really stressed out at work? Is it if you're super tired? Do you emotionally eat out of boredom? Do you emotionally eat when you're happy or celebrating or uh, when you're feeling excited about something? And maybe you're listening to this and you're like, um, I'm going to check all those boxes and that's totally fine. That's why we're talking about this today. So when I say emotional eating, I'm referring to the eating that we do in relation to certain emotions that we're feeling versus strictly eating based on our body's hunger and fullness cues. Sometimes the strongest food cravings hit when we're at our weakest point emotionally. So you may turn to food for comfort, consciously or unconsciously, when you're facing a difficult problem or when you're feeling stressed or even when you're feeling bored. This is something that we are all going to do at various times in our life and even throughout the week, right? Like I emotionally eat several times every week. But if we're always emotionally eating, breakfast, lunch, dinner, snacks, or we're finding ourselves consistently in a pattern where every night we're in the kitchen and overeating or binging, then it can start to sabotage our health and wellness goals. And we tend to just not feel 
great anymore because we're not eating based on what our body needs. We're eating to quell emotions. And oftentimes when we're emotionally eating, what we are craving are the high calorie, sweet, fatty foods, which are totally fine. As you've heard me talk about, there are no bad foods. But if we're only eating these kinds of foods, then again, we're not going to feel our best. So sometimes major life events or just the hassles of daily life can trigger negative emotions in us or uncomfortable emotions. And food becomes this really eloquent solution to help quell those negative emotions. The challenge is, is that it's a short-term fix. So in the moment, it gives us a little hit of those feel-good hormones and we enjoy the taste and the flavors and it sends off this like chemical firework situation in our mind and body that feels really good. It pulls us out of the present moment and what we're experiencing. And so that's why we, we can lean on food in these moments. The trouble is once that feel-good fireworks show has passed, we're left sitting with the same emotions that were there before we started eating. Only now we tend to layer on guilt and shame about the food choices that we just made. So this can lead to a really unhealthy cycle. And often what we find is that we start setting these intentions afterwards of, okay, I just went for it now. Tomorrow I'm going to eat quote unquote clean. Tomorrow I'm going to do better. Tomorrow I'm going to skip this meal or really cut down at that meal. And unfortunately, those strategies don't ever work. They don't ever work. In fact, they set you up to do the exact same thing the next night. We'll talk a little bit more about this as we continue through the episode. So emotional eating is a way to suppress or soothe negative emotions. I don't even like saying negative emotions because it's just those more difficult emotions, sadness, anger, frustration, resentment, stress, negative self-talk. There's so many things that we can be using food to help soothe and support. So take a moment again, check in with yourself. Can you recognize any patterns that you live in day in and day out where you may be relying on food to really quell and support your emotions? Fast forward to the end of 2024. Think of your goals for a second. What can you do right now to give yourself the best chance of succeeding? If you want to learn a new language, you absolutely should get Babbel. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that really don't help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversation, and Babbel's tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teachings so you're ready to practice what you learned in the real world. If you're heading to another country, Country anytime soon, start using Babbel a few weeks before you go to learn basics like how to order food, ask for directions, speak to merchants without having to consult language apps while you're away. So fun. Here's a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash raw beauty talks. Get 55% off at babbel.com slash raw beauty talks. That's spelled B A B B E L dot com slash Robbie Detox. Rules and restrictions may apply. 
This episode is brought to you by Lola V, an award-winning hair care line founded by the fabulous Jennifer Aniston. Jen got tired of the same old struggle we all face, choosing between hair products that work and ones that are actually good for us. With Lola V, that dilemma is history. We all put our hair through the ringer. That's why it's crucial to have products that not only repair the look of the damage, but also shield your locks from future harm. Enter Lola V's bestsellers, the Glossing Detangler and the Perfecting Leave-In Conditioner. They're your hair's new best friend. Friends. For a limited time, you get 15% off your entire order at lolavie.com. Just use the code RAWBEAUTYTALKS at checkout. Lolavie is all about naturally derived plant-based goodness, no silicone, sulfates, parabens, or gluten, and of course, cruelty-free and vegan. That's 15% off your order at lolavie.com with promo code RAWBEAUTYTALKS. You can only use one promo code per order and discounts can't be combined. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Tell them I sent you a over. I want to touch on something really important before we talk about some strategies to help overcome emotional eating. Food is primarily for human beings a source of fuel and energy. It's this conduit that gives us our macronutrients, the micronutrients, vitamins, minerals that our body needs in order to thrive, right? Food can be medicine. Food can be fuel. Food can be energy. Food can be this tool that allows us to live out our life. But food is also pleasure, Food can provide comfort. Food can be an amazing source of connection. And all of these purposes that food serve are equally as important. In fact, if we only eat food for fuel and we don't tap into whether it's pleasurable for us or it's satisfying to us, we end up craving more of it. So when we're really eating for wellness, for optimal wellness, we're going to be looking for food that is fueling us, but that is also pleasurable. So I really want to ensure that everyone here understands that emotional eating to some extent is completely normal. It's a good thing. We want to use food as pleasure. Food can be comforting at times. Food can be an amazing source of connection. What I'm talking about in this episode is when we start to move into unconscious patterns where we're not in choice about what it is that we're eating. It's like we're moving blindly through our life and we're not present with the food as we're having it. You know, you may go out for ice cream and find that all you're thinking about is the next thing that you're going to eat or you're feeling guilty about eating that ice cream. You're not actually enjoying it in the moment. That's not how I really want you to be in relationship with food. There are far better ways to be able to enjoy food, to be able to use it for comfort, to be able to use it sometimes to distract from hard emotions, to be able to use it for comfort, but to really be present and conscious in those choices. So that's what we're aiming for. You're not a robot. You're not only going to eat when you're hungry and always stop when you're full. That's just not going to happen. That's not the goal. The goal is to be more conscious about the choices that you're making and to feel like food isn't running the show, that you are in choice. Let's talk about some strategies to help overcome unconscious emotional eating. Step number one is to bring awareness to the situation. The first step in creating any change is always 
to bring awareness to what is happening. If we are walking around in the dark, trying to find a new door to walk through, it is going to take us a long time (laughs) to get out of the room. If we shine a flashlight on the room, if we shine a flashlight and we're able to get really curious about what's going on in that space, we are going to be able to figure out a plan of attack to move ourselves out of that space way faster. Awareness helps us shift out of autopilot and into a space where we can make more conscious decisions. Practices like meditation and mindfulness have been so helpful for me in becoming aware in all aspects of my life, but absolutely in regards to healing my relationship with food and my body. I think some of the mindfulness tools and practices that I learned in my early days working with a coach created some of the biggest impact on my relationship with food. And I didn't even realize at the time that it was going to support me in that way. So awareness is that moment that I had last night when I was sitting on the couch with the chips and the Oreos, the popsicle, and my glass. It's that moment where all of a sudden you almost see yourself from a bird's eye view and you can bring a non-judgmental awareness to the situation. Oh, wait a second. I'm doing that thing right now where I'm eating all the things. I'm not actually doing the task that I set out to do. And it's like I'm moving an autopilot. I'm not even realizing what I'm doing. So that little moment right there where I was like, oh, wait, I'm doing the thing where I noticed where the flashlight shone on the situation, that is the moment of awareness. So the first step is always moving from this space of unconscious action to a space where we're more conscious of what we're doing. And I want you to, as you're practicing awareness, as you're practicing being more conscious, and as you're observing yourself, I really want to encourage you to do it without judgment. So we're not noticing, okay, I'm eating all the things right now, and then being like, wow, you suck. Why are you doing that again? Like, you know that you, you know that you do this. Why do you even keep that stuff in the house? Instead, we observe it and we're like, that's interesting. Yeah, it makes sense, you know, that I would be going to grab that stuff. It's been a really busy day. I haven't had the opportunity to stop and I'm actually exhausted right now. So, of course, I'm grabbing the chips and the Oreos and all the feel-good foods to try and get me through this next work session that I have to do. We find a voice of self-compassion and non-judgment And rather than moving ourselves further into the spiral of negative self-talk and negative actions, the self-compassion provides a bit of a soft cushion for you to land on. So again, we are bringing awareness to the situation, we're noticing it with non-judgment, and then we're bringing in self-compassion, which we talked all about in the episode with Dr. Kristen Neff, to just hold space for whatever it is that we're observing. The next thing that I'm going to encourage you to do is to press pause. So pressing pause is just taking a moment before reacting or taking action in regards to whatever it is that you're witnessing. So this might look like 
getting up, taking a walk around the house, or going outside and taking five deep breaths. Maybe you call a friend, or you do a few squats, or you go change the laundry over. You're basically giving yourself a moment to bring more awareness and to become more conscious of the next action that you're going to take. So often we exist in these patterns and habits that we're living day in and day out in our life. A lot of the things that you're doing today are the things that you did yesterday and the things that you did the day before that. The thoughts that you have are particularly wired to loop in the same patterns. And those thoughts drive our emotions, which ultimately drive our actions. So just giving yourself a second to almost put a scratch in the record that's playing, this pattern that's playing, you're just putting a scratch in it by pausing and doing something different than you would normally do it. Now, the first time that you do this, you may find yourself right back in the kitchen where you started, and that is okay. It takes time for us to move away from the patterns and habits that we're used to existing in. So if you make one teeny tiny scratch on a CD or a record, I don't even know why we're using this analogy because those are such a thing of the past, but anywho, everyone has a mental image of what those things are. That one little teeny tiny scratch might not be enough to stop the record from playing. But over time, if we pause, pause, pause over and over again, the record will no longer play as it used to. And we have the opportunity to create a new track, to create a new pattern or a new habit and one that will serve us better. But this takes time. This doesn't happen overnight. I know so many people try it and they're like, it didn't work this week. I just ended up back in the bag of chips. It takes time. We have to have patience with any of this work. So step number one is bringing awareness to the situation. Step number two is taking a deep breath, creating a little bit of space between your reaction and the action that you're going to take. The third thing I want you to do and while you're in this moment of pause, it's a great time to do this, is to ask yourself the question, what am I hungry for that can't be solved in the fridge? What am I hungry for that can't be solved in the fridge? Now, when I ask this question, I'm looking for things that are not food, obviously. We're not looking for things in the other, in the other cupboard over there. What are you hungry for that can't be solved in the box of crackers? And so when, when you start to explore this, a number of things may come up. Some of the most common things I hear are, I'm looking for rest. I'm tired. I'm looking for connection. I feel lonely. I'm looking for play or excitement. I'm bored. I'm looking for relaxation, excitement, happiness. I'm stressed. So what we're doing here is we're diving below the surface to understand the emotions that we are feeling, the thoughts that we are having that may be driving us to eat. Now, sometimes when these answers come up for us, it can feel heavy, can feel a lot to admit that you're feeling lonely, to admit that you're bored at work to admit that you are stressed or anxious. It feels a lot easier to just go eat a cookie than to have to sit with those emotions. 
So I just want to honor the fact that this work requires a lot of courage and it requires you to be brave in really examining what's there under the hood. But this is where the work begins. This is where stuff gets good. So the first thing to remember is that as human beings, we all experience boredom, loneliness, loss, grief, sad days, hard days, anxious days, stress days. If you are experiencing any of those things, congratulations, you're a human being just like every other human being out there. You may have been told at some point in your life that those are bad emotions, they're negative emotions. I've even used that term on this podcast, but I really want to emphasize the fact that they are normal emotions that we all feel. And sometimes all we need to do is give ourselves space to acknowledge that we are feeling that way, to acknowledge whatever emotion is there. And simply by naming it, we tame it. Simply by naming it, it starts to dissipate. It starts to lose its power. Now, sometimes the emotion is sticky and loud, and it requires a little bit more support and action around it. So you could start off by practicing self-compassion and thinking about what you would say to a friend who was feeling that same emotion. So in the case where I'm feeling tired, as a friend, I would say, of course you're feeling tired. There has been so much change in September and you're working so hard on two launches and trying to be really present with the kids. You and Scott are making time for one another. You know, there's so much going on. So it's so reasonable that you're exhausted. And to a friend, I'd probably say, you know, what if you just went to bed tonight and got a really good sleep and then see if you have it in you to wake up earlier in the morning, but either way, Your mind will be way more equipped to tackle this work task that you're trying to do right now when you've had some sleep and a fresh start. So you know what? That's exactly what I did. I closed my computer, even though it felt hard to do that. I put away the bag of chips. I went upstairs. I did my, you know, bedtime routine, washed my face, crawled into bed and read my book. And it was exactly what I needed. If you're feeling lonely, can you text a friend? Maybe put on a TV show to distract yourself. Sometimes we also just have to learn to sit with the emotions and to trust that they will pass with time. Everything is impermanent. If we have strong feelings of loneliness or grief or sadness or anger, they're not going to exist forever. We can sit with that emotion. We can feel the feels in our body I need to do another whole podcast episode on how to feel the feels, but even just sitting with it it in your body and naming, okay, my chest feels tight right now. My throat feels tight. I feel like tears welling up behind me, or I feel like I could scream or punch the wall and it feels hot and uh, uncomfortable. Sometimes just in naming it in those ways, making it more tangible, we find that the feeling starts to pass. Step number four is to ask whether there's a way to feed your emotional hunger. So we touched on this a little bit, but it would be addressing that emotional need that you have. And this is something that we often have to learn how to do over time. It takes practice to understand how to soothe ourselves and our various emotions. Again, I'll encourage you to think about what you would recommend for a friend and then honor yourself 
by doing the same thing for you. Now, switching gears a little bit, one of the most common reasons that we find people emotionally eating and getting to that place where it's super unconscious is because we're not meeting our nutritional needs during the day. And when I talked about that cycle that we can get into where it's like we overeat or binge in the evenings and then we're like, I'm going to eat clean tomorrow or I'm going to do better tomorrow, we end up restricting tomorrow. We end up not eating enough and or not eating foods that truly satisfy us. So we might eat enough food that fills us up, that stretches our stomach, but we're not actually addressing those other purposes of food that I touched on, connection and pleasure with our food. And so by the time the evening comes or the late afternoon comes, your body it has switched into autopilot and survival mode, and it is going to source the food that it needs in order to meet its needs. So I talk about in the Raw Beauty Reset, five guidelines that we can use to ensure that you are really truly supporting your body's needs nutritionally and from a place of pleasure and enjoyment throughout the day so that you're far less susceptible to binging or overeating later in the day. Make sure that you are not restricting your food intake after an evening of overeating. This is almost guaranteed to have you spiraling into the cycle of overeating again. This is why diets don't work because our body is designed to survive and to thrive in life. And so one of the primary needs that it has is food, food, water, sleep, connection. So if it thinks that food is going to be taken away or if it has been restricted in the past, it has a tendency to move and overdrive the other way in order to survive. So one of the first steps in healing the cycle of Unconscious emotional eating is to ensure that we are nourishing the body, that the body trusts it will receive food consistently and that it will be getting, you know, the main sources of nourishment that it needs. You also want to ensure that we are keeping your blood sugar levels stable. If your blood sugar levels are really wonky and going high and then going low, it's also going to make us really susceptible to craving simple carbohydrates, and things that will give it immediate bursts of energy. So if you're not eating enough during the day, by the afternoon and evening, you are no longer able to make logical, rational choices around food. You are moving in autopilot and your body has taken the steering wheel and is going to get whatever it can get in order to get the energy that it needs. So we want to be ensuring that those blood sugar levels are stable. Again, this is a whole nother podcast episode, but eating consistently, ensuring that you have a little bit of protein, ideally in your snacks and meals, and making sure that you're hitting all of the different nutrient requirements that our body has. It's actually way easier than you would anticipate to stabilize your blood sugar levels, and there's lots of things that you can be doing to support that. We go through all of this in the Raw Beauty Reset, and I'm going to do another podcast episode on it. As I'm talking about this, I realize it's a conversation that we need to have. 
Okay, so just to review, step number one is bringing some awareness to the patterns, cycles, habits, actions that you are taking. Step number two, when you realize, okay, I'm moving into a space of emotional eating, can you pause even for a moment so that rather than moving from a reactionary space, you are able to make a conscious decision about the next action that you take? Number three is asking yourself, what am I hungry for that can't be solved in the fridge? What am I hungry for that I'm not going to find in that bag of chips right now? And then number four, is there a way to feed or support that emotional hunger that I have? What is the kindest thing that you could say to yourself? What is an action that you could take to help you move through it? And then really, this is sometimes the tricky part. It's honoring yourself by making space to do that. So if you need a rest day or you need to get outside for a walk or you need to call a friend for support, can you actually follow through to do that to help quell those emotions that you're feeling with a more long-term solution than just the quick fix that you'll get from the food? The fifth step is to really ensure that you're getting the proper nourishment throughout the day, that you're not restricting your food intake so that you're less susceptible to falling into a pattern of overeating or binging. Okay, we really just scratched the surface on this topic, but I hope that those tools support you in becoming more conscious around the foods that you're eating and when you're eating. If you are really serious about changing your relationship with food and your body, as I mentioned at the beginning, I'm hosting my signature course, The Robbie D Reset, for the last time this year, and I am ready to personally support you in bridging the gap from where you are right now to where you want to be, to a space where you can recognize your hunger and fullness signals, where you are super aware of your patterns of emotional eating and what to do when you fall into those habits or patterns. When you finish, you will find that you spend far less time thinking about food and your body so that you have more time really being present in your life and channeling that energy into things that will give back to you. You'll understand food and body triggers and how to navigate them. You'll get those five guidelines that I talk about to ensure that you are nourishing your body and balancing your blood sugar levels. And binge eating, overeating will become a thing of the past. So if this sounds good to you, this is an eight-week program. It's a combination of online learning modules and a weekly live coaching call led by me. The series will also have guest speakers, Caitlin Bristow and Kelsey Ellis, who have both been past guests on the show. Both of them are are incredible. You are going to learn so much from both of them as well. They will be joining me for this special series. And I'm so excited to announce that Dr. Michelle Cambolis, who is the, oh my goodness, she's just the most incredible woman ever. She's the one who taught me how to meditate. She has offered for everyone who joins the Raw Beauty Reset to get access to her 12-week Monday meditation course that will be starting again in January. So not only will you get everything in the Raw Beauty Reset, you'll also get access to Michelle's course. This program is 
usually $5.99. I'm always looking for ways to make it more accessible to you. So for this specific eight-week series, it will be three payments of $99. So three payments of $99 is pretty incredible if you are ready to create change in your life. This is a really powerful step that you can take All right, I'll leave it there. There's a link in the profile if you're interested in signing up, or you can always hit me up in my DMs at Raw Beauty Talks. Again, we'll be starting September 28th. I hope you have an amazing week. Take what resonates from this episode, leave the rest behind, and I will see you next week for a conversation all about skin health. Thanks for taking the time to listen to this week's episode. Please take a moment to rate, review, or follow on your favorite podcast app and share this episode with someone that you think could benefit. Join the Raw Beauty Talks community at Raw Beauty Talks. And remember, it's your story, your body, your mind, and your journey. So think about what resonates with you and leave the rest behind. I'll see you next week. Do you ever feel like you're struggling through motherhood? You're not alone. I'm Erica Jossa, host of the MomWell podcast, therapist and mom of three. Join me each Wednesday as I sit down with guests, including psychologists, pediatricians, psychiatrists, fertility specialists, lactation consultants, and more to unravel the myths of motherhood. With expert advice, practical tips, self-love, and some coping skills to help you along the way, you can become the mother you want to be. Listen to the MomWell podcast at momwell.com slash listen or on your favorite podcast platform.